Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. chapter 15, we're going back to verses 1 through 8 this morning, and I want to remind you that this is uh, the night that Jesus is going to be arrested. It is the night uh, before he's going to be slaughtered on the cross, and it is also right after the Lord's Supper, right after the Lord's Supper. You remember the Lord's Supper when Jesus takes his disciples uh, to the room, and something strange happened uh, during the Lord's Supper. Uh, Judas got filled with Satan, and before everybody else leaves, Judas kind of sneaks out the room to betray Jesus. Now, after that, after the Lord's Supper, Jesus takes his disciples, and it's believed that he's walking in or near the temple, and he turns around, and he gives us these powerful words in John 15, verses 1 through 8. Hear the word of the Lord. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Someone say, take away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Someone say, prunes. That it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken you. Abide in me, and I in you As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Someone say abide. I am the true vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. And is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me. Someone say abide. By the way, that's the name of our women's ministry, abide. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Last verse, verse 8. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, my brothers and sisters, as we approach the word of God this morning, this is a passage that is filled with so much tension. This is a passage Uh, that is filled with sparks, it is filled uh, with tension, and it is bursting with meaning. It's bursting with meaning. Now remember, we learned last week that the Father planted the vineyard. He planted the vineyard, which is the garden. Remember that? And the Father takes care of the garden, and the Father is zealous of the garden producing good fruit. Now, here in this passage of Scripture, Jesus identifies two works of the Father in relation to his garden. Two works that are filled with tension that we're going to linger on a little bit more this morning. The first thing is that the Father 
cuts off unfruitful branches. The father cuts off unfruitful branches. I see this in verse 2. Jesus said, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now that passage is filled with tension. And as you remember from last week, immediately, or I should say in the immediate context, Jesus is referring to Judas. Someone say Judas. You remember Judas, right? He was the one that walked with the disciples in Jesus for three years. He was the one uh, that saw all the miracles. He saw all the healings. In fact, Judas went into the Last Supper with all the disciples in Jesus, but he left before uh, everybody else did to betray Jesus. So at the moment that Jesus teaches this verse right here, he looks to the disciples, and it's no longer 12 disciples. They are 11 disciples because Judas already left them, and Satan had already filled his heart to go and betray Jesus. And no doubt the disciples were thinking in their mind, where is Judas? Whatever happened to Judas? He was with us for these three years, and now he is no longer with us. So in one sense, uh, brothers and sisters, Jesus was preparing them for followers who fall away. In one sense, when he gives that verse, he's preparing them for followers who fall away. In a broader sense, Jesus was preparing us for that awkward experience of when other followers of Jesus leave Jesus. The reality is Jesus is preparing our hearts. He's telling us that there will be some uh, that will be taken away. Some may be taken away through deception. Some will be taken away through sin. Some will be taken away by uh, distraction. Some will be taken away by the things of the world. He's preparing us. He's preparing our hearts so that we are not shocked in that awkward experience when we turn around and we say, where is such and such or where is such? What happened to such and such? Are you following along? Don't be shocked because it happens. Don't be shocked, but prepare your heart. People get excited over Jesus, and they particularly get excited about what God is doing at Chapel of Change, and they may run hard for a season, but the sad thing is there will be some that get taken away. It happens, and Jesus is preparing our heart for that awkward experience. It, when you think about it, it happened to Jesus himself. In John chapter 6, verse 66, it says, From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. He's preparing us for that awkward moment, for that awkward time in the life of believers. It also happened to Apostle Paul. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, Paul said, You know that all those in Asia have turned away from me. So Jesus prepares our hearts for that awkward kind of experience that happens in every generation. But secondly, the Father cuts back fruitful branches. The Father cuts off unfruitful branches, but the Father cuts back fruitful branches. I get that from verse 2. Listen to what he says. 
Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may uh, bear more fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, it is believed that Jesus makes this statement in or near the temple. And it's important to note that the Jewish temple at that time was decorated with a lot of uh, vines that were hanging over the walls. Then there were golden vines and grape clusters. And the door of the temple was about 60 feet high. And there was giant golden vines decorating the door. And how many know that Jesus was famous for making teachable moments uh, out of his surroundings? Jesus was famous for pointing at something and, and teaching a lesson at something that they were familiar with. So it is believed that in or near the temple, they were surrounded by these vines and these grape clusters. And he teaches this lesson that the Father cuts back fruitful branches. What a, what a verse that is filled with tension. What a verse that is filled with stress. The Father prunes fruitful branches what that doesn't fit in my mind right there that doesn't have a category in my mind that that he cuts off those that are unfruitful but he cuts back those that are fruitful that seems strange on the surface to me and so why would I need to be cut if I'm doing good? Like, why do I need to be cut if I'm bearing fruit? I'm sure all of us have thought that in our, in our, in our walk with the Lord. Why you got to cut me, God? I'm doing good. Why you got to cut me, God? I'm praying. And I could see if the world could cuts me because they don't know any better. I could see if my enemies cut me because they don't like me. I could, I could even accept the idea that my friends cut me because, because all of us have been victims of friendly fire. But God cut me? That doesn't sit well in my mind. And on top of that, it says he's cutting me because I'm bearing fruit. That doubly doesn't sit in my mind. That, that really doesn't uh, fit in my mind. I could understand God cutting me if I'm disobeying. I could understand God cutting me if I wasn't praying. I could understand God cutting me if I'm not going to church regularly. I could understand God cutting me if I'm sinning. But if I'm doing good, God, why you got to cut me? Don't that bring up tension? I can't wrap my mind around God cutting because I'm bearing fruit. So let me help us understand why God prunes us. As you serve the Lord, the longer you serve the Lord, you will inevitably enter into some pruning season in your life. Some of you may be in a pruning season right now in your life, and you need to understand why does God prune us? First of all, I would draw your attention that the word prune means to trim back. It means to cut fat. It means to clean, to trim back, to cut fat, to clean. It speaks of removing the waste matter. It speaks of cleaning out the soil. That's what the word prune means. Uh, in Isaiah 18 verse 5, let this scripture hit your soul. It says, for behold, before the harvest, when the blossom is gone and the flower becomes a ripening grape, 
He will cut off the shoots with pruning knives and cut down and take away the spreading branches. That word pruning means to trim back. It means to cut fat, to clean, to remove the waste uh, matter, to clean out the soil. But why does the Father prune us? Here it is. Number one, the Father prunes us to strengthen our union with Jesus. To strengthen our union with Jesus. He says in verse 2, every branch in me. Someone say in me. That phrase speaks of our union to Jesus. And when you read the rest of the passage, about five times he uses the word abide. He says abide, 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 abide. That word speaks of our union with Jesus. When you think of our union with Jesus, it's one of the most fundamental doctrines of our Christian faith. That the moment we are saved, the Holy Spirit unites us to Christ. The moment we are saved, I don't care what you're stuck to. I don't care who you're stuck to. The moment you repent from your sins, the power of the Holy Spirit brings you into union with Jesus. And get this, by union with Christ, God confers on us all the saving benefits that Christ gained through his life death and resurrection all the saving benefits that that Christ gained through the cross the father he he passes down to us through our union with Christ very important part of our theology it's a very important part of our christian faith it's so important that in the new testament it refers to our union with Christ over 200 times in various phrases in the New Testament, whenever you hear the phrase, in Christ, in Jesus, whenever you hear the phrase, in him, that speaks of our union with Christ. In Christ, in the Lord, in Christ Jesus, in him, those all refer to our union with Jesus. And Apostle Paul, he teaches extensively about our union with Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, listen to what he says. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together. Someone say together. Together with Christ. Notice that phrase. Circle that in your Bible. Together with Christ. Look at what the Father has done. Look at what the Father has done by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is the one that brought us in unity with Christ. He raises us up together. Makes us alive together with Christ. Even Jesus spoke about our union with him. In John chapter 14, verse 20, it says, at that day you will know that I am in my Father and you in me and I in you. Circle that phrase, I in you. That speaks of our union with Jesus. And the Father is zealous of our union with Jesus. He's zealous of our union with Jesus. You know why? Because our union with Jesus is the basis of our communion with the Father. Our union with Jesus is the basis of our communion with the Father. And the stronger our union is with Jesus, the stronger our communion is with the Father. 
stronger our union is with Jesus, the stronger our communion is with the Father. So the Father is zealous. He's zealous of our union with Jesus. He's also zealous because our union with Jesus is, our, is the basis for our communion with other believers. Our union with Christ is also our source of communion with all other believers. Like, like look around you. How is it that people from other backgrounds, different ethnicities, different uh, experiences come together under one roof and worship the Lord together as one body? How does that happen? It happens because of our union with Christ. Our union with Christ brings us together. And the weaker the union, the more divided we will be. The stronger the union, the more one will be for the glory of God. So the Father is zealous of our union with Christ. Also, he's zealous because our union with Christ is the source of of us being a recipient of all spiritual blessings. There is more to the kingdom of God than just salvation. There is way more than just being saved from hell and going to heaven. If all you are is saved, you're going to spend the rest of your life in the lobby of the kingdom and you will never experience all the glory and all the splendor there is in the kingdom of God. And the basis of us experience all the splendor of the kingdom of God is a strong union with Christ. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down? And if we could talk like family this morning, sometimes the things of the world become a wedge in our union with Christ. Sometimes we pick up things in the world that weaken our union with Christ. And it doesn't necessarily have to be sinful things. It doesn't necessarily have to be sinful things. Yeah, sin is a more overt thing. But listen, if you're a high achiever, if you're zealous for the Lord, if you're pressing into the kingdom of God, you will inevitably pick up some things that weigh you down. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Let us strip off every weight. What what have we picked up uh, that is slowing us down? What have we picked up that is slowing down our prayer life, slowing down our worship, slowing down our faithfulness? Listen, I'm here to remind us that God will cut off unnecessary things in our life that we have picked up. He will cut off unneeded things in our life that we have picked up, unhelpful things that we have picked up along the way. He will cut them back. In order to free us up, take the weight off our life so that we could run much faster for the Lord. God will cut back bad habits. He'll cut back time wasters that you have picked up. He will cut back unhealthy relationships that you have entered into. The things that take away from what God is trying to get into your life. You see, a strong union with Christ is the basis of the fullness of God flowing unhindered in our lives. A strong union with Christ is the basis of the fullness of God flowing unhindered in our lives. A couple weeks ago, I shared with y'all that my wife planted tomatoes in in the backyard 
And now all of a sudden she thinks she's a farmer. And me and the kids have to hear about her excitement over them tomatoes almost every day. She wants to drag me out there to look. And she hasn't gone as far as to name the tomatoes yet, but she's almost there. And when she does that, then we're going to bring her to the house of the Lord. But she taught me something that God does. Um, I want to show you a picture. This is a picture of two of the tomatoes that she's growing. And Laura taught me that in the circle right there was the excess growth that she pruned. She cut back. And she reminded me that the nutrients comes from their connection to the soil. The, the nutrients that are supposed to go to the tomatoes comes from the connection to the soil. So the nutrients comes from the soil all the way up to the vine. But if you got excess growth, that nutrients that is designed for the tomato will be detoured to other things. The nutrients, the strength, the power that was meant for the tomato will go towards the excess. And so when you prune, cut back the excess, now the nutrients from the soil goes directly to the tomato, and the tomato gets stronger and more blossoms and, and more powerful. I don't know what you have picked up that is taken away from what God wants you to receive, but I'm here to let you know every now and then, my brother, every now and then, sister, God will prune you to strengthen your union with Jesus. Someone shout amen. Why does he prune us? The Father prunes us to strengthen our union with Jesus. But then one last major thought. The Father prunes us to grow us more. He prunes us to grow us more. Verse 2, turn back to verse 2. Listen to what he says. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes that it may bear more fruit. See, God gets excited over us bearing more, more fruit in our life. He gets excited to see more fruit in our life. Like God hovers over heaven and he gets excited to see when his child is bearing fruit. Now remember, fruit speaks of godly character. Fruit speaks of godly motives. Fruit speaks of godly goals. In fact, whatever God has deposited in your heart that he needs to bring out to be manifested for his glory is a fruit. Whatever God has deposited in your heart, whether it's to be a godly parent, whether it's to be a godly spouse, whether it's to be a godly business person or a godly worker, whatever it is that God has placed, deposited, he planted in your heart to be brought out for his glory can be a fruit. So pruning produces more fruit in our lives. Remember Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
The Lord has planted all this by the power of the Holy Spirit in our heart. The Lord has planted things in your heart. It's called your destiny. He's planted it in your heart, and he, is, he, is, he wants to bring them out. The more you bring out what's in your heart, the more God gets glory and honor. In fact, on the day of judgment day, when you stand before God, you're not going to be able to compare yourself with nobody else. You're not going to be able to say, well, I did more than her, or well, I, I look better than him. No, you're going to be judged based on what God deposited in your heart. Have you brought out what he put in? Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And so God has deposited certain things in our heart. That as we bring out, he gets glory. Pr pruning produces more fruit in our lives. That God wants to maximize your life. He wants to maximize your life. That God wants to bring everything out of you. God wants you to live to the fullest life that you could live. So listen, pruning is not God mad at you. Pruning is actually God excited over what's still inside of you. When you go through a pruning stage... And, and it's hard. It's not God mad at you. It's God excited over what's still inside of you. And he prunes you to bring it out. Amen. He prunes you to bring it out. And pruning is not God picking on you. Pruning is a sign that God has picked you out for abundance. That he's picked you out for abundance. And when I, when I study my Bible, I see so many people that were pruned. Many of the men and women of God, before they were elevated, before they were effective and successful, they had to be pruned. They had to be pruned. I think of Joseph in Genesis. Anybody remember Joseph? God put a dream in his heart. God put a vision in his heart, going to use his life in a significant way, going to use his life in a powerful way. God planted a dream in Joseph's heart, but guess what? There were also other things in Joseph's heart. There was pride in his heart. There was arrogance in his heart. There was bragging in his heart. Remember, he got his jacket. He wanted to brag to his other brothers. He knew his other brothers were going to hate on him. So God had to prune the pride away had to prune the arrogance away. We, we look at Joseph's story. We see the pit, but the pit was actually pruning. We see the prison, but the prison was actually pruning. And God had to cut away the pride, cut away the arrogance, cut away the self-reliance before he could elevate the dream in his life. And it wasn't until years later did Joseph turn around and finally he was able to see what God was doing. And years later he says in Genesis 41, he says, God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Took him years to get it, but hey, praise God, he got it. Sometimes you're not going to see it in the midst of the pruning. And that's why you got to learn to praise God in the midst of the pain. You got to learn to worship God in the midst of the pain. You got to learn to come to the house of the Lord in the midst of the storm. That's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. It's because your body is telling you to lay down. Your body is telling you to give up. Your body is telling you to watch novellas all day long. But you say, no, I'm going to come to the house of the Lord. And I may not feel like it, but I'm going to offer him a sacrifice of praise. So God prunes us in order 
to bring out what he's put in our in our heart so so as we think about this pruning how how does god prune us what does god use to prune us well god uses his word god's word is a pruning tool that he uses in second timothy 3 16 and 17 it says all scripture is god breathed and is useful for instructions for conviction for correction and for training in righteousness so that, key phrase, if you have your Bible, underline that phrase, so that the man of God or the woman of God may be complete. Someone say complete. That word complete means mature. It means whole. It means God is saying, listen, I set my word in your life to correct you. Ooh, that don't feel good. To rebuke you. Ooh, that don't feel good. To give conviction that doesn't feel good. To train you that does not feel good. But in the end, it's going to make you whole. It's going to make you mature. So the word of God is a pruning tool that the Lord Uses. And I thank God that you're part of a Bible preaching and a Bible teaching church. That every time you come to Chapel of Change, you're going to hear what thus saith the Lord from his word. And let me tell you something. Don't ever run from the word of God, but let the word of God hit you. Let the word of God wash your mind. Let the word of God cut the pride out, cut the arrogance out, cut the sin out. Never run from the word of God because one word from God can change your life forever. So he uses his word. But then secondly, divine discipline. Divine discipline. God prunes us through divine discipline. In Hebrews 12, verse 10, it says, God disciplines us for our good in order that, here's the result, in order that we may share in his holiness. Why does God discipline us? It's so that he could bring out holiness in our life. That's a fruit right there. The Bible teaches that whom God loves, he disciplines. That if you're being disciplined by God, it is a sign that he's still working with you. It is a sign that you still got another chance. Because if he didn't love you, he would not discipline you. And always remember, when God disciplines you, it's not to pay you back. It's to draw you back. Always remember the discipline of the Lord is not to pay you back. God is not running after you with a bat to hit you upside the head. No, when God disciplines you, it's to draw you back to his will, draw you back to worship, draw you back to the house of the Lord. Not to pay you back, but to draw you back. God disciplines those he loves. How does God prune us? He prunes us through hardships, hardships, trials, through storms storms. Sometimes God would use providence, the orchestrating of situations to bring out in us more of what he put in us. God is sovereign. He's in control. Sometimes he uses situations to draw things out of us. Let me give you an example of that with Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. Listen to this, how God used providence, he used situations to bring out something in Apostle Paul. Listen to what he says. He says, for we do not want you to be arrogant or ignorant, brethren, 
of our trouble. Someone say trouble. Which came to us in Asia. That we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we despaired even life. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Stop right there. What he just described right there was a bad day. Did you hear what he said? He said we were pressed beyond measure. It was so bad we thought we were going to die. That's how, that's a bad day. That's beyond being cut off on the freeway. That's beyond getting a flat tire. That's beyond getting an argument with your spouse. Hello, somebody. That's a bad day. Listen to what it says. He says if we had the the sentence of death in ourselves, guess what? That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God. In God who raises the dead. Notice what the circumstances spurred in his life. The circumstances boosted his trust in God. It boosted his faith in God. The circumstances increased his faith in God. Sometimes God will use circumstances to increase your faith, to get you to trust a little bit more in him. Now, I do want to clarify I do not believe that God initiates the suffering that takes place in our lives. I don't don't believe that God initiates it because we live in a broken world. We live in a sinful world. A lot of the suffering that we encounter is originally from sin. It's from sin because of sin, sickness, and death, and all that has entered in the world. And let's just be honest. A lot of the suffering we go through is because of your bad decisions. Hello, somebody. A lot of the suffering you're going to go through in life is because you're a bad decision. So I don't believe that God initiates uh, the suffering, but I do believe if we submit the suffering unto the Lord, that he'll pick it up for his glory. He'll pick it up for his honor, and somehow God will redeem what the devil may have started in our life. Somehow God will redeem the situation if we Submit it unto the Lord. Give it unto God. So some of us may be in a pruning season right now. So let the word of Christ hit us. Let the word of God instruct us. And so how do we respond to the pruning stages of life? How do we respond? Let me close with this. Number one, submit your situation to God. That's the first thing. How do you respond to a pruning season? Submit it to God. God is not going to tell you everything. You would not walk by faith if he told you everything. There's going to be a lot of unanswered questions in life. You're going to have to submit your situation to God. Number two, you're going to have to evaluate your priorities. Evaluate your priorities. How are you investing your time and your talent and your treasure Evaluate your priorities. How are you investing your time and your talent and your treasure? I have learned in the 30 years of serving the Lord, when I go through a pruning stages, I got to evaluate what my priorities, what did I allow my priorities to slip into? 
And oftentimes I will find out that maybe I was spending too much time with unhelpful things. Maybe I was investing my talent in unneeded things. And I had to, had to thirdly, I had to reorder my priorities. What do you do when you're in a pruning stage? Reorder your priorities. Adjust your life. Line back up with the will of God for your life. And lastly, when you find yourself in a pruning stage, know that you are about to bloom. Know that you're about to bloom because God does not prune you just to prune you. He prunes you to bloom you. He prunes you to promote you. He prunes you to bless you. So if you're going through a pruning stage right now, my brothers and sisters, I encourage you, keep holding on to the hand of God because your pruning is a sign that you're about to bloom. Your pruning is a sign that you're about to be blessed. Your pruning is a sign that you're about to be promoted. About to be promoted. Someone's about to be promoted. If you respond right, if you humble yourself, if you submit your situation to God, if you reorder your priorities, you about to get promoted, my brother. You about to get promoted, my sister. Keep on trusting the hand of God. Let's let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the word of the Lord has spoken. The word of the Lord has come to us. Now it's our time to respond to the word of the Lord as the worship team comes back up. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, I want us to think about what was God trying to get across to you? What was he saying to you? And if you're going through a pruning season, what step do you need to do? Do you need to submit your situation to God? Do you need to reprioritize your priorities? Do you need to rejoice? Do you need to just rejoice and say, wow, God, this pruning is a sign. I'm about to blossom. So I'm going to rejoice right now. I'm not going to wait to blossom. I'm going to praise God right now. I'm not going to wait until you answer my prayer, God. I'm going to worship you right now. Let's bow our heads. Let's remain seated in honor of God. And let's think about the word of the Lord. Everybody remains in atmosphere, prayer, and meditation. The Lord is not done speaking to us. If you're in the house today and you need prayer for spiritual strength, maybe you're going through a hard season, and you don't know if it's pruning or not, but you know it's hard, and you need spiritual strength, I want to pray for you this morning. If that is you, I'm going to ask that you just respond by standing up on your feet. And everybody else, just continue to bow our heads in meditation of God's word. God is not done speaking to us. This is a time where the Lord just downloads what we learn from our head to our heart. You don't want it to stay in your head. You want it to go down to your heart. And so we give space for meditation. We give space for contemplation of his word. 
But if you need that prayer for strength to stand up right where you're at, I'm going to pray. Pray for you. And after I pray, we're going to seal the moment with worship. Hallelujah, Lord. Let's wait just a couple more moments. Reflect upon the word of the Lord. It's not often you get a quiet place. We love to shout. We love to make noise for God, but there have got to be times where we just pause. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who stood up. You know the pain that they're going through. You know the struggle that they're going through. Father, I pray for extra strength today. I pray for extra spiritual strength upon their life. I pray that the Holy Spirit, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Fill them freshly with power, Lord God. Some of them, Lord, are facing hard decisions. And I pray that you give them strategic wisdom, Lord God. Give them strategic wisdom to guide them through this season. Don't allow them to make a bad decision. Don't allow them to make a bad decision, Lord God. Give them wisdom to make the right decision, but give them fortitude to, to make the decision, Lord God. Strengthen them today in your house, Lord God. Lord, let them go into this week with new passion. Let them go into this week with new love. Let them go into this new week with new power, Lord God. I pray for new power over every one of them, Lord God. That you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Father, I pray for your people, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord. Strengthen them, Lord. Jesus name I want to ask everybody just to stand up for a second before we worship I want to ask everybody to stand up I'm going to do what the Lord asked me to do if you if you're able to stand up stand up the Lord put it upon my heart this morning to pronounce a special blessing over everybody in the house of the Lord for coming to the house of the Lord on the first Sunday of the month the Lord put it upon my heart that you guys have prioritized the Lord on the first Sunday of July and so we're going to pronounce a blessing over your family, a special blessing over your life, a special blessing over your mind. And after I pronounce this blessing, I want us to go into a worship song and kind of seal this moment with worship. But if you could lift up your hand unto the Lord, we will pronounce a blessing over your life and then we'll seal this moment with worship and then we'll proceed. Lift up your hands unto the Lord. For you honoring the Lord on this first Sunday of the month. For you prioritizing God on this 10:15 a.m. service. The Lord has put it upon my heart to declare and decree a blessing over your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Today I declare and decree in the name of Jesus a blessing over your family for the month of July. 
I decree a blessing over your mind in the name of Jesus for the month of July. I decree a blessing over your marriage in the month of July in the name of Jesus. I decree a blessing over your work in the month of July in the name of Jesus. I declare that you will experience health, that you will experience protection, that you will experience breakthrough in the month of July in the name of Jesus. I declare in the name of Jesus that you will be followed around with mercy and grace and goodness will follow you around. Every door you open, every door you enter, mercy and grace will be there in the name of Jesus. We bless you in Jesus' mighty name. May the mercy and grace of the Lord follow you around in the month of July. In the month of July, in Jesus' mighty name. Let's seal this moment with worship. Let's lift up our voice unto the Lord. In the crushing and in the pressing, Lord, you are making a new one in the soil and in the soil. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Thank you, Pastor Brian, for that powerful word. Did you guys get something out of that? I know I did. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. At this time, you guys may be seated. We're going to transition to our tithes and offerings portion of our service. I have, a, I have a scripture out of the Bible in Psalms 4 or 5. It says, offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. So we have an opportunity to give today, and every time we give back to the Lord, we are saying, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I recognize that everything that you have given me, it was, 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 if the only thing that's possible is because you gave it to me first. 
How many of you guys can test to that? God's blessings are awesome. So we thank you, Father. And uh, as the ushers come forward, I have some announcements. We have ways to give here at Chapel of Change. We give online, text, mail, and in person. And if you want to give by a debit card, we have somebody in the back that will facilitate that for you uh, as well uh, later on after the service. Uh, we also have Scan to Give where you could go on your phone and, and click the QR code and give that way online. Many of us have been giving sacrificially here at Chapel of Change on our online. So let's give it up for the Lord on that. Uh, we, uh, is there any men in the house? Any men in the house? Any men? Hello, men, men. Yeah, praise the Lord, men, men, yes. Spirit check. Spirit check. Spirit check. We are having our Kingsman breakfast next Saturday at 9 a.m. in the city of Carson. We want to invite all you men out to go come and be a part of that. It's a blessed time. And the stronger the men are in the church, the stronger uh, we're able just to hold it down for God's kingdom, for his glory. Amen. Also, we have membership seminar. If you guys are interested in exploring membership, uh, the difference between a member and an attendee is somebody that hasn't, you know, signed the paper and saying, you know, we want to be a part of the fellowship. We want to join the family. So we have membership seminar July 9th. Come and be a part of that. That's going to be in between the services with, uh, I believe, uh, my Pastor Vaughn's in the back. Go see him if you want to explore. You go sit in the class, talk, you know, ask questions inquire about you know what chapel of change is all about that is next saturday or next sunday the 9th we also have baptism signups the july 16th baptism for those who want to be baptized i encourage you to take that next step in obedience right god there's a process in this so this is a opportunity for you to take that next step also we're installing pastor trey uh, as a pastor in a ceremony let's give it up that's going to be July 16th in our Carson campus, 4.30 service. Pastor Trey, you see it on the back. That's a, a blessed brother. I love that guy. So uh, we also have the faith and business breakfast, as uh, Pastor Brian was speaking about. For all those who are interested in, you know, starting up something for God's glory, come out and be a part of that. That'll be July the 22nd. And we also um, have child dedications later on today if you want to sit in and witness that at our 12:30 service we also have uh pastor sandy we have a women's uh, study right here in pastor brian's office see pastor sandy in between the services if you want that as well join the women plug in we're making a lot of areas where we can plug in two things here at chapel of change and last but not least who likes to eat who's hungry Praise the Lord. We always uh, provide a meal after service. So after we dismiss in our fellowship hall to the right of me, we are going to bless you with a free meal. Let us pray for the offering and our release to ushers. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you just for the ability to show God that we trust you, Lord. We trust you with our finances. We trust you, God, because you have given to us, God. So God, may you bless this time, Lord, bless the finances, bless your church and the givers, God. And for those who do not, cannot give, God, bless them, Lord, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Ushers, you are released.
Amen. So I just want to again, um, Cassandra, if you can please put up the QR code for the Faith Business Breakfast. I want to urge all of you here to attend. Um, come on over. Be here on that day. It's from 830 to 1015. Learn about these entrepreneurs that have grown their business and they all love the Lord. Amen. Um, it's a good leadership uh, breakfast as well. It's a good time uh, to learn some leadership skills as well. Also, our ushers are giving these out. They have a QR code with Pastor Brian's testimony in the back. Uh, but in the front, we have our service times. So please take a handful. Keep them with you in your purse. Keep them with you in your car so that you can invite someone to church. Look around. 1015 is filling up. And I want to tell you this, that we have to be good stewards of what the Lord has given us. And here he has given us many seats. We have the ability to bring in people, not just, oh, we got a lot of people. Of course not. It's so others can hear the word of God and so lives can be transformed. So how are those, how are those seats going to be filled out? It's because of you. Go for the ask. I see my sister over here. Ruth, I see her over here with, uh, I don't know if it's a family member, a friend, but there's two new friends here. So go for the ask. I see Coach. Coach um, has a couple right here. It's their first time here. Coach invited them. We met them. Give it up. And so those seats will be filled because you invited someone to hear the word of God. Amen. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and have our pastors and leaders come up to the front. We are available to pray with you one-on-one. -on -one. How many of you know there is power in prayer? There is power in prayer. So let us pray with you. Put us to work, okay? Yeah, it's a custom here at Chapel of Change to leave with the blessing of the Lord. So if you could extend your hands in a receptive posture, we'll, we'll leave with the blessing. In the name of the Father who loves us, that he prunes us so that we could bloom for his glory. In the name of the son who came down and died so that we can live. In the name of the Holy Spirit who continues to cover us, direct us, love us, and lead us. May you go with the protection, the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, saints. Amen.